I'm Kathy Davidson, and welcome to our women's meeting. We have a group of women here and some men that are endeavoring to walk, to walk in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is with power. And we are endeavoring. And I ask you to join us that we can minister to you and you minister to us. I give thanks. Let's open with prayer. My Heavenly Father. My Heavenly Father. My Heavenly Father. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia. That we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto you. And my heavenly Father, I ask for a spirit of grace on this meeting. A spirit of grace. I ask for that spirit of grace. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to minister to you today. We're going to get rid of some fear. All right, if you will turn with me to, uh, let's begin in John 18. This is one of my favorite parts of scripture. And I have ministered before about Jesus in the garden. And I have ministered before that before he went into the garden in John 12, Jesus said that he, his heart was troubled, that he didn't want to go to the cross. And when he went into the garden, he went to overcome his flesh because his flesh didn't want to go. In fact, his flesh didn't want to go so bad that the flesh wanted to die in the garden. But Jesus prayed it through. He got his spirit over his flesh. But there is a scripture here that, frankly, just excites me every time I read it. If you, uh, I'm going to go, it's chapter 18, and it's going to go to verse 10. And this is when Jesus is finished in the garden. And this is when they're coming to take him. And it says, Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it, and smote the high priest's servant, and cut off his right ear. And the servant's name was Malchus. And then it said Jesus unto Peter. Now look at what Jesus said. He said, Put up that sword into the sheath. Put your sword down. Put it away. The cup, the cup which my father has given me, Shall I not drink it? The cup that my father has given me. Shall I not drink it? If you have never seen humility, you see it right here. Jesus tells Peter, we're not going to fight. We're not going to fight. The cup that my father gave me to drink. The father gave it to him. He said, shall I not drink it? That cup was the crucifixion, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. How do I know that? Turn to Acts 2. Acts 2, verse 22. This is Peter speaking. This is after the resurrection. This is after Jesus ascended up into heaven. But he's talking to the Israelis. He said, you men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved. Notice, a man. See what he said right there? He said, a man. Like we have said, when God opens your eyes about who Jesus was, you will see it all through the scriptures. It, it just comes out every time you read it. It says, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you 
by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him. Jesus didn't do it. The Father did. God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know. Look at this. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. Him being determined. I mean, him being delivered by the determinate counsel. Determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. That determinate counsel is a deliberate plan. A deliberate plan. God had a deliberate plan for Jesus and he was going to carry it out. And what was that deliberate plan? That deliberate plan was the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. When you read the, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you read about what is being set up for him to go to the cross, when you read about him on the cross, you will notice that even in the garden, Peter, taking up the sword, trying to stop, trying to stop what was getting ready to happen, Jesus said, put your sword up. We're going to drink the cup. You will find that when he's before the chief priests and the council, that they had a whole bunch of people lying about him so they could crucify him. And you know, they couldn't get two people to agree. And it came down, it's, it's beautiful in Mark, uh, I think it's chapter 10 or maybe 11 or somewhere around there, the, the council in trying to find something to pin on Jesus, they turned to Jesus and they said, are you the son of God? And Jesus said, I am. Jesus had a way out right there. He had a way out. And he didn't take it. Why? Determinate counsel of God. The foreknowledge. And the determinate counsel. The deliberate plan of God. The cup. The cup that Jesus was drinking at this point. The cup. Jesus was going to drink it. They get in front of Pilate. Pilate makes every effort to let Jesus go. But they weren't going to let Jesus go. Why? The deliberate plan of God. When I was in a denominational church, they had taught me that what happened to Jesus on the cross was Jesus was at the mercy of his enemies, that they just did whatever they wanted. I didn't know the power and the ability of God that every single thing that happened to Jesus was part of the deliberate plan and it was going to be carried out. It had been decided on before the world was even created. And like I've said before, Jesus created all things. Everything that is created was created by Jesus, Colossians 1. And like we've said before, Jesus created Calvary. He created Gethsemane, knowing, knowing he was going to go there. He created it. Why? The deliberate, the deliberate plan of God, the cup that Jesus was going to drink. Pilate tried to get him free, we said, and, and they made sure, that was made sure Jesus was going to the cross. They go to the cross. They try to give Jesus gall mingled with vinegar. Why? Be, what they believe is that gall would have numbed the pain. It would have numbed him. That they would give it to the prisoners so that it would numb the pain that they were going to be in. Jesus refused it. 
He refused it. One, it wasn't written in the scriptures that way. Two, the deliberate and foreknowledge, the deliberate plan and foreknowledge of God. He was going to do what he needed to do. He was going to drink the full cup that the Father gave him. Oh, when he said to Peter, the cup that my Father has given me, shall I not drink it? Now, why did he drink the cup? Why was it made so sure that Jesus was going to die, be buried, and raised again? Remember, God had control of the whole thing. He had control of everybody involved. He had control of the earth. When Jesus was on that cross, it says that there was a great earthquake. It says that the sky went black. This wasn't done away from God. He was right there orchestrating the whole thing. And it says in Hebrews that that, that eternal spirit was with Jesus. Why did he have to be with Jesus? Because Jesus was just a man. He was dying as a man, but that eternal spirit was with him. Why? To make sure, to make sure to be the one that put all sin on him. Isaiah 53, it says that all our iniquities and all our sin was placed on that man, that man, that man. The man couldn't do it, but that eternal spirit could. And it worked with Jesus to get our sin on him. Now, why? Why? We're going to go through some verses that you've, you've read a hundred times. But I know one thing about God. And I know one thing about the Spirit of God. You can look at a verse a hundred times. You can read it. You can do what you can to believe it. But when it is ministered by the Spirit, as Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. They're life. This will minister some life to you. Now, go with me to uh, John 3. And we're going to go to verse 14. Jesus is speaking here. He's talking to Nicodemus. He's talking to a leader of the religious sect of the Pharisees, which is the strictest one. And he's talking to a leader of the Jews. Nicodemus was both. And Nicodemus couldn't figure out what was up with Jesus. In fact, let's begin at the beginning because it's so good. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night. Why? Well, he didn't want anybody to see him. Probably. He's going to the one that the rest of the Pharisees hated, one and dead. Nicodemus goes to see him. Why? Nicodemus obviously had his eyes open and he saw something. He saw something in Jesus. He said, the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? We know thou art a teacher come from God, but we want to kill you anyway. We know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. And Jesus answered and said unto Nicodemus, the ruler of the Jews, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see. That word is experience, partake of the kingdom of God. 
And Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man, except a man, this is Jesus talking, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Can't enter. That is which born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. If there is anybody listening to me, speaking right now, that is not born again, you must be. You must be. Jesus said it. Your preacher didn't say it. Your church didn't say it. Your denomination didn't say it. Jesus said it. You must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof. They cannot tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus answered and said, How can these things be? How can these things be? And Jesus answered and said, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not thou these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that which we do know, testify that which we have seen, and you receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, which is being born again. If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? Now, and no man, no man, there's that word again, no man, has entered, ascended into heaven, but he that came down from heaven, the son of man, oh, uh, he said, even the son of man which is in heaven. And then this is where we want to get to. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Do you notice? Jesus knew way before the cross exactly what he was going to go to. He knew that when he was young. Why? He could read. He could read. And he had the grace of God on him. And when he was 30 years old, he was baptized, or he was, he was anointed with the Holy Ghost. And he knew, he knew. In fact, he tells you in John 12, this is the reason I came. This is the reason I came, was to go to the cross. Now, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have, ever, but have eternal life. 16, why was it God's deliberate plan? Why, why did God set it all up for him to be crucified? Why did God set it up that the death was going to be so bad? Why did God set it up that it was going to be nothing but torture? Torture for Jesus. Why? Verse 16, for God so loved the world. That's the whole reason. God so loved the world. There wasn't going to be any other way. So God so loved the world. Are you in the world? Are you in the world? For God so loved the world. Are you in the world? Then you are not and cannot be exempt from the love of God. You can't be. Do you see those words? Can you read those words with your eyes? For God 
so loved the world. It does not say, for God so loved the world, except for that one. It doesn't say that anywhere. I can hear your religious hearts going crazy right now. And thank you, Jesus, for God so loved the world. The world. Do you know that when Jesus was speaking in Matthew, he made a marvelous statement. And he was talking about being perfect like the Father. He said, and this is wonderful, when God opened this up to me, he said, do you know that God reigns on the just and the unjust? Have you ever considered that? God reigns on the just and he reigns on the unjust. Why? For God so loved the world. It says he, uh, what is it? There, he gives light to the, to the evil and to the good. The sun shines on the evil and on the good. The sun shines on the evil. Those that are evil, the sun shines on. Why? For God so loved the world. You are not and cannot be exempt. And some of you are saying, yeah, whatever. And the others are saying, oh, oh. Do you know how important that is, that verse? I didn't. I told God years ago and I've shared it. I said, that verse is in the Bible. I don't see it, and I don't believe it. Well, you know what, God? It took a work. It took a work. It took a long, deep work. But that verse is true. You cannot. It says the scripture cannot be broken. God so loved the world. And you cannot be exempt. Now, let's go on. Go with me to John 16. Jesus makes a marvelous statement here. Jesus is speaking, and he, verse 26, and he said, he's talking about praying unto the Father. He said, at that day, you shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. Why not? For the Father himself loveth you. Whoa. The Father himself loveth you. The Father himself loveth you. The Father himself loveth you. When I was in the, that denominational church, I had an idea that, that, that Jesus was the one saying, now, now God don't kill him. You know, you got to have mercy on God. Don't hurt him. Don't beat him with the stick. I had it backwards. They taught me backwards. Or at least I perceived it backwards. It says, for the Father himself loveth you. The Father himself loveth you. The Father himself loveth you. When you are in the middle of the fight 
when you are in the middle of trying to get possession of your soul, when you are in the middle of fighting with your faith to get something accomplished, you must know that the Father is not working against you. Because sometimes it feels that way. But the Word of God cannot be broken. The Father himself loveth you. It is not God resisting you. Do you hear me? The Word of God says it cannot be so. The Father himself loveth you. Why? Why? Jesus says it right here. He said, I, he said the, for the Father himself loveth you because you have loved me. Because you have loved me and have believed, believed that I came out from God. The Father himself loveth you. Turn with me to 1 John 4. We're going to go to verse 18. Well, let's go, let's go to, um, let's see, let's go to 15. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him. When you are born again, when, you can, when your mouth, when your heart knows that Jesus is the Son of God, it said, God dwelleth in him and he in God. Did you know that God's in you? Did you know that you can't get away from the Spirit of God? You can't. Oh, that's comforting to know. You cannot get away from the Spirit of God. It says it in the Psalms. It says you can ascend up into heaven. Thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning, if I dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, even there, thy spirit is with me. You cannot get away from God. You can't. Even in your worst sin, even when you're running away from him, you can't get away from him. You can't. Isn't that comforting? Isn't that comforting in the night? When it's black, when you're afraid, you can't get away from God. You can't. Why? For he himself loveth you. God so loved the world. You cannot get away from God. What you're feeling is not the truth. What is the truth? For God so loved the world. You cannot get exempt from that verse. For God so loved the world. Now, verse 18, or verse 17. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. And that's talking about Jesus. Look, verse 18. This is where I wanted to get to. There is no fear in love. There is no fear in love. For perfect love casts out fear, because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Why? Look at this next verse. We love him because he first loved us. We love him 
because he first loved us. When you are endeavoring, pressing into the kingdom, when you are praying, when you are fasting, when you are reading, and when you are fighting to get what you need accomplished, you must remember God loved you first. It is not God resisting you. It is not God resisting you. He loved you first. Isn't that comforting? How many times we think we've got to fix something before we can get before God? He loved you first. He loved you first. How many times have we said in our hearts, if I didn't have this sin here, if I didn't have this particular, particular way about me here, I could get before God. He loved you first. He loved you first. And as Romans 5 said, he loved you first when you were your worst. When you were your worst, he loved you first. He loved you first. It is not the Father resisting you. It is not the Father keeping the kingdom from you. It is not the Father. It is not Jesus. What you feel is a lie. The scripture cannot be broken. He loved you first. You know, there are times when I've had to sit there and say, Kathy, he loves you. And he loved you first. He loved you first. Take that and start fighting. He loved you first. My little children, Jesus said, it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It is not the Father resisting you. Isn't that comforting? My little children, it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And you know who he wants to give it to? He wants to give it to the publicans and the harlots and the sinner. That's who he wants to give it to. That's who he wants to give it to. The, the righteous don't think they need it. Jesus said, my little children, it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Take that in your fight. Pull that one out of the arrow holder. My dad used to hunt with arrow. All right, 2 Timothy 1.7. It says, verse 7, For God has not given us the spirit of fear. We know that, but yet we yield. But yet we yield. Oh yes, the Father has not given us the spirit of fear. Then why are you afraid? Why do you let yourself be afraid? Why do you let yourself be afraid? Jesus said to not fear. He said, fear not. Fear not. Why do we let ourselves be afraid? Like I said in the beginning... The Father had Jesus' life perfectly planned, 
perfectly planned. There was not one part of Jesus' life that was out of the plan of God. Not one. The cross was the plan of God. The scourging was the plan of God. The refusing the gall was the plan of God. The nailing to the tree was the plan of God. The, every bone at a joint was the plan of God. He held it all. He kept it all. That eternal spirit working with Jesus, working with a man to make sure our salvation was perfect, perfectly won. Why do we fear? If we have a God that is that powerful, and we have a God that first loved us, why are we afraid? Why do we let ourselves be afraid? He loved you first. He loved you first. He loved you first. That is why your sin went on Jesus. That is why your sickness went on Jesus. He loved you first. For God so loved the world, he sent his son. Now, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. But of power. If you are born again, and especially if you are baptized in the Holy Ghost, you have every piece of equipment you need to overcome every single situation in your life, if you will believe. Every single one. It may take more than one day, but you have... The equipment. You have everything you need to overcome every single situation in your life if you will believe. And you know what? Fear is not faith. Fear is not faith. I used to get in fear where I would have an awful headache. And the worst thing about the headaches were, and they would get bad, and I knew I had them because of fear. So not only now am I trying to deal with fear, I got a really bad headache to go with it. And of course that headache would make you sick. And oh Jesus, what a mess. What a mess. You know, when I started overcoming it, when I said, Father, you love me and you know where I am and you know what the situation is and you know how bad I am. And you can take this and fix it. You can take this and fix it. You can take me in whatever condition I am in. You can handle me. And you know what? Those headaches got less and less and less to where I could commit myself to the Father without fear in a situation, and the headache wouldn't come. Oh, how glorious is that? How glorious is that? We do not have to yield to the fear. It's as if we think God doesn't know something about us. Well, maybe God doesn't know how weak I am in this area. Aren't we silly? Aren't we silly? It says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love. And of love. The Father has not given us the spirit 
of fear, but of power and of love. Of love. The Father has given us love. Walk in it. Believe it. Use it. You know that Jesus said I, that Father loves me because I do those things that please him. Well, we can do the same. And you know what? The mercy of God and the grace of God will get us to that position. And there's grace and mercy and love on the way there. Oh, God loved us when we were at our worst. And we think when we start to walk with him, he's going to put us away because it doesn't look like we can do it. He knows you can't do it. That's why he sent Jesus. That's why he sent Jesus. That's why he sent Jesus. For God so loved the world. And you are not exempt. You are not exempt from the love of God. It says right here, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. A sound mind. Well, what am I hearing? You're not hearing God. That is the devil. Oh, I tell you what, I finally learned. The more that the devil is telling me that I can't do it, the more I realize I'm doing it. The more I realize I'm doing it. The more the devil tells me, you're not believing, the more I realize I'm believing. Why? The devil is a liar. He's a liar. If he's telling you you're not born again, you're born again. Because he's a liar. If the devil is telling you that you don't have what it takes, oh, you know you have what it takes. Why? Because the devil's a liar. Yet we listen to him. We take his suggestions. We fear. We fear and we don't believe the love of God sent Jesus for us. The love of God paid for your sins. The love of God paid for your sicknesses. The love of God paid for your poverty. The love of God paid for your peace. He paid for your security. He paid dearly for it on the body of Jesus. On the body of Jesus, it's already been paid for. You just have to believe it. And when you're in the middle of the fight, don't forget, God loved you first. He loved you first. He is not the one resisting you. He is not the one keeping away your blessings. He is not the one that's keeping the gospel, what Jesus paid for you on the cross, from you. He is not. For God so loved the world, he sent Jesus. It says in Romans, he said, He that spared not his own son, how will he not freely give you all things? Amen. I give thanks, Father, I thank you. 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 There is someone here listening that has a spirit of torment. 
a spirit of torment. That is not God that gave that to you. That is the devil. I get thanks. Father, I thank you. I get thanks. I get thanks. I cast out that spirit of torment right now in the name of Jesus. I cast out that spirit of torment in that person right now in the name of Jesus. I cast you out. I cast you out, you spirit of torment. I cast you out in Jesus' name. I cast you out. I cast you out. I cast you out in the name of Jesus. I cast out this spirit of torment. I cast you out. I cast you out. I cast you out. Come out of them in the name of Jesus. Come out of them in the name of Jesus. Come out of them, you tormenting spirit. Come out of them. Come out of them. Come out of them in the name of Jesus. I cast out this torment. I cast out this torment. I cast out this torment. I cast you out. Come out of them in the name of Jesus. 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 I cast you out. In the name of Jesus. I cast you out. In the name of Jesus. Come out. Come out. Come out. Come out, come out, come out in the name of Jesus. Come out, come out, come out. No, you do not deserve to be in there. The payment was made. The payment was made. The blood was shed. Come out in the name of Jesus. Come out, come out, come out, come out. All this torment, come out. All this torment, come out. Come out. All this torment, come out. Come out. You were paid for. Come out. Come out. All this torment, yes. All this torment, come out. 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 In Jesus' name. Come out in the name of Jesus. Come out. Come out. All this torment. Come out. Come out. Come out. Come out. Come out. Come out in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Father, I thank you. I thank you. You did have not given us the spirit of fear. I thank you, Father. I thank you. It is your will, your will, that all of us walk in the power of God. That is your will. Amen. Amen. See you next week. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.